You're listening to The Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network, ronanddon.com. All right, look out now. Here we come, episode number 44 of The Ron and Don Show. Thanks for stopping by this week. We appreciate you. We hope everybody's having a great holiday. And chances are this is the day where you take all the stuff that you were giving and you take it back to the store and then you get that cash uh, and then you head off, uh, maybe do some skiing or something. Yeah, like, right? do you have a gift receipt for this? Yeah. That, uh, I love people that just tape it to the box Yeah, where they just know. It's like, I, I tried. I'm going to give you the gift receipt. Just do with it what you will. Yeah, if I give you something and you don't like it and you want to give it to somebody else as long as it gets used, re-gift it. I'm okay with that. And if you really don't like it and you want the cash in your pocket, do that too because it really is uh, the thought that uh, counts. But if I give you something and you say you use it, when I come over to your house, I'm going to look. Like I gave you some pictures last year. I come over. I investigate. I'm like, okay, where are the pictures? that I gave Ron of you and I traveling in Europe. And do these have a prominent place in your house? And they did, which I appreciate. And I know you're packing up right now. Yeah, they're packed. Yeah, and you're going... Yeah, but but the pictures are going with you to, to your next home, right? Of course. Okay. And, yeah. and if they weren't, I would ask. And I would, Do you remember what you gave me last year? I, I have no idea. Really? I don't remember. It, it was, don't. I'm sure it was great, though. Interesting. What was it? Nothing. Give me nothing. No, I gave you something. Nothing. I'm sure I did. Nothing, and I always remember what I give, and then if you don't use it, I will hold You're keeping track. Yeah, anyway. Uh, happy Friday to everybody. Episode number 44. Hey, thanks for hitting subscribe, and then also thanks to Les Schwab. They heard your plea. Now you have three three episodes of the Ron and Don Show, right? So uh, this was, I wonder if this has ever happened to you. So there was a group of kids from New Jersey, uh, the East Side High School, and they uh, did a road trip to Philadelphia, which is, I think is pretty close. Like, it's not like going across the country. New Jersey to Philly is not like a gigantic trek. But they, so they went there yeah. and they saw, they, they wanted to stop the bus by the famous steps that lead up to the the, the Rocky statue. Mm-hmm. And so if you've never been to Philly, uh, the, the, the place where Rocky runs up in the movie and he's in the gray sweats and then he puts his arms over his head, they erected a statue of Rocky mm-hmm. uh, at that exact spot. And so it's it's pretty famous. And so they get out there. Uh, the, the kids are all meandering up the stairs. Some of them are doing the run. Some of them are playing the song on their phone, uh, reenacting. the. It's a lot of steps. And so they run up to the top and they're, it's taking some pictures and whatnot and a an older man starts to walk over and someone recognizes it it's sylvester salone so he for whatever reason that's awesome he also wanted to go uh to see his own statue and if you don't know the story of rocky so just, just so you know he was in town and he is shooting a super bowl commercial that involves him and the statue so that's why he was he, and he was, also has his last rambo movies out. yeah rambo he, last blood he was on right he now. was on set so you'll see it during the super bowl and i have to say i've done the same thing that these kids have done when i went to see rocky i put on my headphones i went for a run i ran to the statue i had rocky going in uh in my earpieces it's a great and I, john williams and i went best up piece there yeah I, I did the whole thing and then i gave him a hug slap him five and I continued on my way. I bet there's a lot of people that stop by and see Rocky each and every day when they're if, out on a run. If you've never done uh, the a deep dive onto the story of that film getting made, it's it's an inspiring tale because Sylvester Stallone writes the movie Rocky. It's based on a couple of boxers that he knew. Uh, they were just historical figures. He blended it together into the story and he actually won the Academy Award for Best Screenplay that year for the movie Rocky. Nobody wanted him to be Rocky. Uh, obviously he has that very distinct 
distinctive uh, speech pattern that's hard to understand. He knew that. Uh, he was seen as dumb. If you remember, if you grew up and you're a certain age, the, the running joke was how stupid Sylvester Stallone was because of that deep voice and the way that he speaks. But he's a very smart guy, as you can see with the length of his career. The story of how he got that film made and, and the, the sacrifices that he had to make uh, to get that film greenlit and to actually produce it and to go through and to be the writer and then to have the success and launch his career is really inspiring. I think most people would have been like, okay, I guess I'll sell the screenplay and let someone else be Rocky. He had a dream. He executed the dream. But that, that's sort of b- beside the point uh, for this story. So the kids at the school, they see him. He goes over, takes a bunch of selfies with them, does the, the entire thing. Have you ever seen a celebrity or someone you admired in the wild uh, and and made an attempt uh, to go over and, and interact. Yeah, I touched on this before, and if you heard this story before, I apologize. I've told it uh, one or two times in terrestrial radio. I was on a plane, Southwest Airlines in Albuquerque. I'm uh, jumping on the plane, and I fly to Los Angeles. Uh, living in Los Angeles at the time, and then I'm flying home. It's during the holidays, and as I'm flying home from Los Angeles back to Albuquerque to see my mom, I remember when the and I don't know on the older Southwest planes they have jump seats that face each other. It's very in the back. Right? I'm in the back, and I'm sitting there. And there's some seats that have been saved, which is kind of unusual because then you just kind of cattle call and jump on. They don't do that. Yeah, I'm sitting there and I'm facing these empty seats. And then all of a sudden the back door of the plane opens up. These two little kids come in, sit down. And then a guy in a purple jumpsuit uh, sits down with these two little kids. He has purple purple sunglasses on. He has a velvet purple jumpsuit. Got to be Prince. And he has velvet Nikes. And he looks awesome. And I'm looking at him. I go, I know this guy. I know. I know this guy from somewhere. Where do I know him from? And I'm trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out. And I'm like, oh, and, and now in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm connecting him with Tom Cruise. Is this Tom Cruise? I'm like, no, that's not Tom Cruise, but it's someone that I've seen in a movie and Tom Cruise. And what's interesting is the second round of Top In fact, you sent me the trailer for Top Gun. Top Gun 2 is coming out. Top, and it looks like it's going to be awesome. Looks like it will be good, yeah. yeah. And they say that Val Kilmer is supposed to be in this movie, but in both trailers that I've seen so far, you don't see Val Kilmer, but he has been sending out the trailers because people know that he's gone through throat cancer. Uh, they've been sending out uh, – uh, he has been sending out from his Instagram – uh, the the trailers for this movie that's coming out. So I think he's going to be in. Anyway, it's Val Kilmer. He's sitting there, and we begin to find. And what I he, he explains to me that he now lives in a tree in Santa Fe. So later on, tree house. He lives in a tree. A really it's awesome, a cool tree house. Yeah, and he and his wife had gone through a divorce. They have these two kids, and so whenever they're dropping the kids off, he because they're in Los Angeles and he's filming and back in Santa Fe and back and forth, and that's where she he lives. Was doing some westerns at the time. Yeah, so we sat there. He asked me to read a book and to one of his kids and then he read to the other child, and then they switched. One of them was the Bible, and then another one was a Green Eggs and Ham book, which I thought was kind of an interesting two things if you're going to read, the Bible and Green Eggs and Ham. Both both good reads. So we sat there. We did that. He was lovely. We had a great conversation, and when I got off the plane, I at the time, I didn't have a camera in my phone, so I didn't get a picture with him. But can you imagine the selfie that I would have gotten with Val Because Because now nobody believes me right. when, I, when I tell this. What, what, what about you? Have you ever, ever had an intersection with greatness? Well, I have two. One of them was a blunder but and one of them was also a blunder uh it was in the phoenix international airport we were living in phoenix at the time my brother uh was flying in and i need to, to rewind we had to share a room as kids my brother's 10 years older than me so things that you're into when you're 18 you're not really into when you're eight so yeah. i had to, i was terrified for a while because my brother got an alice cooper poster and he put it on the back of the door it was like a six foot tall <laughs> life-size print <laughs> 
of Alice holding yeah. a, a decapitated head of Alice Cooper. Wow. So it's Alice Cooper yeah. holding his own head. Uh, and if you know anything about Alice Cooper, you get this bit. And so that was when you're eight mm. and seven, yeah. that's kind of alarming, but that's what was on the door. So I, this is seared into my memory that did my brother, huge Alice Cooper fan, had seen him several times, like had all the records, like I grew up listening to No More Mr. Nice Guy the whole nine. So we're at the airport, my brother lands, and we're walking by the Cinnabon, and we're going to get his bag, and I said, hey, there goes Alice Cooper, because Alice Cooper lived in Phoenix, and he had Cooperstown there, a big hockey fan, uh, and he made this restaurant and bar, and um, my brother's like, ah, quit razzing me. I was like, dude, Alice Cooper just walked into that bathroom. Here's the mistake my brother made. He handed me his carry-on bag, his backpack. <laughs> he goes into the bathroom looking for Alice Cooper. Of course, Rob, yeah. Uh, and, like, I should have just told him, hey, post up on the outside. <laughs> like, don't, like, that's a, we, we've established on the Ron and Don show there, there's a no-talking policy in bathrooms. You don't shake hands in the bathroom. Don't shake hands yeah. and you don't talk. My brother goes into the bathroom in Alice Cooper's at the urinal, oh. and he, I don't know what his approach was or yeah. what was said, but he comes out, and he's like, that was Alice Cooper. He's like, I know that was Alice Cooper. Uh, he sort of fumbled the exchange, mm. but uh, we did see him. And then my second one, which was also a fumble, uh, because I didn't realize something specific. I was playing a, a poker tournament at the Venetian in Las Vegas, and a guy comes over, and he sits at my table, Similar to what your experience was, and ben, I'm like, ben Affleck. It was not Ben Affleck. Matt Damon. Matt, uh, you know Ben. Ben Affleck is actually a very good poker player. Yeah, he won the California Championship. Anyway, uh, Matt Damon, not so much. Even though he's in rounders, guy sits down. I was like, ah, oh, I know this guy. Where do I know this guy from? Where do I know? Where do I know? Where do I know? And I was like, oh my god, that's Jose Canseco. Oh really? Jose Canseco is playing at my same poker tournament, and so I tried to uh, strike up a conversation with him. Little known fun fact, mm. Jose Canseco has an identical twin. Oh, really? Yes. Come on. He does. It was Jose Canseco's twin? It was his identical. I mean, <laughs> they look identical. He does. Hence the term identical twin. Is he a bodybuilder like Jose? Same physique. Oakland A's, right? Same, uh, same look. He's part of the Bash Brothers. Do you think this is true? It could have been Jose. I don't know why he would have said it was his twin brother. But uh, he claimed to be the twin brother. So it was either Jose Canseco or his twin brother, who I don't remember his name. I think it might be Raul Canseco. Uh, Does Jose Canseco, Siri, have a twin brother? Ozzy Canseco. Ozzo Canseco. <laughs> he looks exactly like him, doesn't he? He does. Like, exactly. He's identical. <laughs> so I think I was playing poker with Ozzy Canseco. And, or Jose, and he said he was Ozzy. I don't know what he did, but a lot of people were taking selfies with him. Uh, he was actually not a bad poker player. Hey, uh, when it's time for you to go, uh, what is someone that loved and cared to you about just wanted to keep you in the freezer? That's a weird tease. It is kind of a weird tease. But I'm kind of interested in the story, and I already know the story. Uh, they want to keep you in the freezer, and then to protect the people that you love and care about, uh, you did one thing so they wouldn't get blamed for it. We'll talk about that next. It's the Ron and Don Show, and why wouldn't you be listening? I'm a Ron and Don, what you Do you have a dog like my dog, Charlie? Buy him a Ron and Don Nation bandana. Dog bandanas out now at ronanddon.com.
Hey, Ron and Don here for Les Schwab. Don, it is winter driving season. A lot of folks are going to head up to ski. They're going snowboarding. They're trying to get over the pass. Maybe it's time to go visit grandma for the holidays, and you know you're driving over to eastern Washington. This is the time of year. That you, do you know if your tires are safe? Do you know if you're ready? Do you need studs? Do you need chains? There's a lot going on for winter safety. Well, and where you got to be careful is a lot of times you can go up to the pass. You can't get turned around and like, hey, you need chains or cables, or you can't move forward, and now you're stuck in the pass. Or let's say you have chains and cables and you haven't put them on in a couple of years and you don't know how to put them on. Now you're in a panic in the past trying to put them on. You don't know how to do it. And now you're having to go over and ask other motorists, how do I put these chains and cables on? And a lot of times they're trying to put on their own. Stop by Les Schwab Tire Center. If you have chains and cables right now, they'll show you how to put them on, even if you didn't buy them from the store. If you don't have them, stop by Les Schwab Tire Center. Make sure you have tires, uh, chains, and tire cables as we head into the holiday season and as we head into this winter season, all right? LesSchwab.com. Let's say it together, doing the right thing. It matters this winter. Hey, are you ready to sit down with Ron and Don? Start your real estate journey. Reach out to Ron. Just write him Ron at Windermere.com. All right, it's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Episode number 44 brought to you by, in part, by Les Schwab. They heard your plea. Now you have three, three episodes of the Ron and Don Show. Make sure you stop in there uh, this year as snow is flying. Uh, they want to make sure you got chains, you got cables, that so you know how to put those chains and cables on. And then uh, also make sure you got plenty of tread as you head off into the pass or grandma's house. Was just kind of head off into the new year, right? What do you think should happen to this family, all right? And, and I'm going to try to set the story. This takes us down to Utah, uh, and police were sent out to do a welfare check on, on a house uh, because neighbors and friends had not heard from the, the this this couple that lived at this house. And so they, they enter the house, and they find uh, Janine Mathers, has passed away in the house. She was uh, an older, uh, elderly lady. And so they find Janine, and then they're also going, well, where is is Paul? Her husband is Paul. And so they're looking around for Paul. Uh, Nobody can find Paul. And then as they begin to go through the house and move things out, Mm. they find Paul's body in the uh, freezer in the garage hmm. you know the big uh what are those called the the full the freezers with the door that goes up they're called big freezers in big the gr- freezers in, in, in the garage in, in the garage Gra- garage big freezers you know what i'm talking not yeah. the the upright the horizontal freezer got it and so paul is in the horizontal freezer and so they they start to do an investigation like oh my gosh mm. Uh, somebody murdered Paul. Yeah, uh, Paul has been murdered, and so they, they go through and they're trying to find the details on this. And so here's where it takes a very strange twist. Paul uh, had been to the VA. He was very ill back in 2008. Hmm. And so uh, they came, anybody was getting benefits from the VA. Yeah. So him and his wife got together a plan, and they said, he was like, honey, I, I don't think you can make it without this income. So here's what we're going to do. I I don't have long to live. I'm going to write a letter that says, you did not have anything to do with my death. And then we're going to get this thing notarized and stamped from a notary public. Then when I pass, uh, I've bought this brand new freezer. We're going to put me in the freezer. And then my VA check is going to come to you month in and month out because you need that money to stay in this house. You need that. We, we don't have a lot of savings. Most Americans have less than $3,000 in savings, believe it or not. Yeah. We don't have a lot of savings. That's going to be our plan. 
if and when anyone ever comes by, you show them this notarized letter uh, and that that should protect you from any sort of jail time. And so they find this and now she's passed, he's passed. They got over $177,000 in benefits uh, from the VA and other sources uh, for those last 10 years. So for 10 years, Paul was in that freezer. Mm. Uh, almost $180,000 that his wife needed to survive. Um, what should happen to the family? What should happen to the legacy of, of the Mathers family in Utah? Well, she's passed away, So, and he's passed away. And I think what we've learned in working with veterans and veterans' families over the years, and this is something... Uh, that, in fact, the president has jumped in here, and he's wanted to be helpful. And I think Congress has jumped in, and they wanted to be helpful. If you ever see the way that an E-5, for instance, lives, that's in the military, uh, E-1, E-2, E-2, and we're talking about private, private first class, they live below the poverty line. When you look at their families, when you look at money that is spent, and also when you look at the physical places where they live, uh, the United States government has stepped in and said, yeah, we have to go in all around the country now, these forts and barracks, and we have to really invest some money in the infrastructure in the comfort of our soldiers, marine, uh, 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 sailors, and airmen. And also when it comes to their family and Coast Guard, I didn't forget about you. Uh, many of them end up living below the poverty line. So it would be very interesting to me in this case, was she going out and buying Cadillacs or was she going out There's no evidence of that, and no. buying, buying medicine for him? Uh, and, of course, she wasn't buying medicine for him because he had passed away. But maybe she was buying medicine uh, uh, for her. Sometimes people do what they got to do. And I'm just wondering in this particular situation if that's what this family had to do. What it, what it, what, what it causes me to do is to look at this and say, okay, what forced them to have to do something? Because at some point she knew. And he knew that they find him in the freezer. They they knew that this was going to happen, and to have to take that type of stance in order to provide for your family or to take care of yourself uh, is another reason why we need to look at the VA hospital once again. We see so, so, soldiers coming back from Afghanistan and Iraq that have mental illness, they end up committing suicide, and they pass away. Some of them have been in line at the VA hospital for 18 months and haven't got the care that they deserved. And a lot of this happened under President Obama's watch. And when you go to war, and President Bush, uh, he should realize, when you go to war and men and women come home and they are broke, it is up to you to make sure that you take care of your own. We haven't always done a good job doing that. Yeah, what's, I mean, what's, it, your, what's your take it on it? It just makes me sad. I hope they don't go after any uh, extended family or children for that $177,000. They were in a tough spot. I, I, I think... And, and I could be wrong. Email me. If there's not a, a insurance death benefit for everybody that's served, like that's surprising to me. Like that, that to me should be standard issue. If you dedicated four, eight, 20 years of your life in your prime uh, to serve in the country, you should have an automatic some sort of insurance, the death benefit for your loved one uh, when you pass later in death life. Death benefit is very small, and you even see in Washington State now. Uh with the Lakewood Four as a result of what happened to them and those families. You have seen the death benefit that has been increased, and that happened 10 years ago. Uh, the same with firefighters in the state. Uh, I'm working with a firefighter right now that has cancer, and his death benefit is minimal for his three little girls and his wife that he's going to leave behind. See, that, that, that should and, be remedied. And I'm working with him right now 
uh, and an incredible attorney to see if we can get that death benefit turned around. There is one, but it's not a lot of money that's going to take care Buy of this family. Do a couple more fighter jets, maybe one less. Yeah. Uh, you know, aircraft carrier and get that death benefit. Yeah, we got to we got to take care of our yeah. own, and, and especially when men and women. It just come makes back. me sad. I don't I don't think yeah. they were trying to be criminal. No, they were defrauding the government, but I think they were doing it uh, from a place of desperation. Right. Ron and Don back in one minute on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Ready for a great 2020? Take Ron and Don with you. Just hit subscribe and get the show delivered to you every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Hey, it's Ron here with Rich Ballman. Rich, this is a treacherous time of the year to drive. And you might be going, oh, I'm going to head over to eastern Washington. I'm going to head over to Idaho. You need to just bring the car in, get it checked out at Les Schwab. It's free. It sure is, Ron. You know, we offer the free pre-trip safety check at any point in time. And we're going to remove the tires for you. Uh, of course, look at the uh, look at the brakes and give you uh, just an honest estimation of what's remaining uh, uh, in brake material. Look at your tires. Make sure that they're in good condition. If they need to be rotated, we'll go ahead and do that at that time. We wouldn't charge anything for you to rotate the tires while we have them off. Uh, go ahead and check the air, of course. You know, in the winter, uh, as, as the temperatures go down, uh, those darn TPMS sensors that are in our tires nowadays, you know, uh, they, they, the lights tends to start coming on on the dash. And so we encourage people, if that happens, just drop by. We'll check your air for you for free. But uh, we'd love to have you come in and see us to get ready for winter. Uh, make sure that you're up to speed and that when we get that incremental weather, sometimes a little snow, that uh, you're ready to go. Yeah, and sometimes it's the peace of mind of knowing, okay, I checked this out, I'm good to go, and it just lets you have some confidence when you're going to hit the passes. So thanks a bunch. Head out to Les Schwab. There's 85 stores to uh, to serve you. Head in and just say, Ron and Don told me I could get my free inspection to get ready for winter. Les Schwab, doing the right thing since 1952. Hey, do you need some great real estate agents? Consider Agent Ron, my dad, Agent Don. Yeah. All right, Ron and Don Show, episode number 44. Happy holidays to everybody. Here comes uh, the new year, and thanks for listening to the Ron and Don Show. Hundreds of thousands of spins. We really appreciate you. And also folks like Les Schwab, Windermere, Spotify for helping to sponsor uh, the Ron and Don Show. We are licensed brokers with Windermere. You can reach out for a Ron and Don sit-down. Just write Ron, uh, ron at windermere.com. And before we get out of here today, a lot of people have asked us about uh, reverse mortgages, haven't they? Yeah, there's this big study in USA Today, or a big article, like a 12-page article, and, and they they went through and found some worst case scenarios of people uh, that have really that did a reverse mortgage. And for those of you that don't know, reverse mortgages, uh, let's say your folks uh, like the maybe even the couple that we just talked about in the previous segment, they're getting up there in age. They don't have a lot of cash, but maybe they have a house that they own free and clear. And so the concept of the reverse mortgage is we will pay, we'll, we'll tap into the equity that's in your house and pay you. A mortgage company will pay you a monthly income, basically, to live on. Uh, you're living on the equity in your house. And then at a future date, in order to keep the house, your estate or your family, they need to pay that reverse mortgage back or the mortgage company gets the house. So you're li- you don't need to move out. You can stay there. You can generate income. Uh, and then if you generate enough income that it basically is the value of the house, now the mortgage company 
owns the house, if, if that makes sense. And so they found a lot of abuses of this, and it uh, unfortunately skews along racial lines again. Like there have been some predatory stuff that happened when this reverse mortgage programs were going into effect that that preyed upon uh, African-American communities. They preyed upon families that you'd had generational housing where maybe grandma bought the house, gave it to their child, and now the child is, is in the, the elderly state. And so they, they uncovered a lot of those stories and how difficult it was uh, for people to get the family house back uh, and the struggles that they've gone through. And so the, my heart goes out uh, to these families. But there have been some reforms. There has been an evolution of this. And even when the housing bubble happened in 2008, it can, I don't, I, I don't necessarily recommend it full stop for everybody, but there are scenarios where it could uh, be a part of your plan. Sometimes for people, you're living in your house and it's the house, it's your final house, it's your final home, and so you want to come up with some kind of strategy where you can stay in that house because you don't want to move again. Uh, This is your spot, this is your place, and that's where you might go and uh, investigate a reverse mortgage, but if you do that, you want to make sure that you have an attorney, that you talk to the people in your clan and your tribe, uh, your family members, your friends that are looking out for you, and you really have to make sure that you but- dot the I's and that you cross the T's because uh, just just as you brought up, in the mortgage business, uh, there was a lot of predatory uh, – things that happen That's why a lot of banks here locally went out of business yeah and so does that mean we shouldn't go out and get mortgages as a result no but it does mean that we're going to look at things a lot uh, a lot differently and it's one of the reasons why uh, people have predicted that our economy would take a dive right now and one of the reasons it's not taking a dive is because the mortgage industry standards are so much better and we're hoping to begin to see the same things when it comes to uh, reverse mortgages it, but if you're in a situation where you can sell Get out of that home, and now you have that pool of cash. Go buy something, rent something, lease something, uh, go into a a retirement community. And a lot of these retirement communities, it's not what you think it is. A lot of these places are vibrant. They're amazing. It keeps your mind working. You're connected. You travel around the city, around the country, around the world together. You're with like-minded people. You're on the move. You're on the go. Uh, And uh, my mom right now is looking at some of these 55-plus places and they're pretty awesome. Actually. Yeah, and the, the interesting thing to me in this, when you read a story in the USA Today and it's talking about a house in Ohio or in Kentucky, it's different in the Pacific Northwest. And, and several of the Ron and Don sit-downs that we've done have been with uh, with people that are approaching the end of their, their work career. So it's like, hey, I've, I've put in... Uh, decades of work. I'm at this this uh, fulcrum point where I still have my health. I'm still vibrant, but I'm trying to. It's getting real to me. It's kind of settling in that there's going to be a next chapter. And I was driving around with an agent in our office at, at Windermere, uh, the Queen of Wallingford, Patty, and she. We drove by this one particular house, and she goes, "That house right there. I sold that house for seventeen thousand mm. uh, dollars back in the day. Uh, and you don't. You can go back as far as you want, but so I was like seventeen grand." So and in, in, in now it would be worth one point three million, one point four million dollars. So our area specifically, I think, gives flexibility, more flexibility to people that are in a a, a house rich, cash poor environment. So you know, my my brother in New Mexico. He has equity in his house, but it doesn't 3x, 4x, 10x like a lot of people's houses here. So there are folks that are feeling the, the squeeze for from taxes or maybe their careers winding down, like I said. But there, you can unlock a tremendous amount of money in your house, but there is... 
a, a mental component of this that is very difficult for a lot of folks. If this has been your place for 30 years or 40 years, there are some decision points coming up that it might be good to sit down with someone else and get a, a strategy. Yeah, because generationally it used to be you're going to get 30-year mortgage and take 30 years to pay off the house. But then on top of that, you have a pension program. And you work for that pension, so that way when you retire, you get some Social Security, you have your pension. Maybe you have a 401k. Uh, but yeah, while there's money locked in this house, you're house rich, but you're cash poor. What's happening now is we see a lot of people that are retiring, and they don't have a pension. Uh, they didn't save their 401k. They cashed it in at some point because maybe there was some kind of medical issue. And they have all this money that's locked in the house. It's like, how do I unlock that? Do I do a reverse mortgage? Do I do a HELOC? If I do a HELOC, how do I pay that back? I don't know how to do that. And so that's one of the reasons why it is good to sit down and hammer that thing out with a financial planner. And if you need a financial planner, we know some really good ones that can sit down and do that with you, all right? Hey, do what Heather did, Juan Carlos did. They live over in Redmond. Last week, they reached out to Ron. They said, hey, can you guys come visit us in our house? That's what we did Saturday morning, 10 a.m. We all sat down. We had a lovely time and a lovely beverage. And we had a great conversation, and we started this journey that they're about to go on. So... If you're ready to go on a real estate journey or you're just thinking about it in 2020, let's connect to a Ron and Don sit down. You can come visit us at Windermere Midtown or we will come to you like we did with Heather and Juan Carlos last week. All right. Want to reach out to us? Reach out to Ron. Ron at Windermere.com. Don O'Neill at Windermere.com. And you can also find us on Facebook and sign up for the newsletter. Right? Yeah, you can do it at ronandon.com. Click on the microphone. It's right there. We would love to send you the newsletter every week. Right. Everybody keep your head up, your shoulders back. Thanks for sharing your holidays with us. We really appreciate you. We'll see you real soon. It's the Ron and Don Show only on the Ron and Don. But you know. HG Force O'Neill, brains of this operation, and the voice of the Ron and Don Show. Well, that's it. Show's over. We'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network.